Welcome to the life of Jesus. We're in term three and lessons 23 and 24 and this needless to say is lesson 23. We're going to pick up in chapter 4. This is book 1 of the life of Christ and we're on page 20. I'm going to back up to page 19 because the thought actually begins there. And so let's begin on the top of, at the top of page 19. Following the sin of Adam and Eve, the Lord's interaction with their kids is also disappointing, as we found out, uh, with Cain, and then heartbreaking with Abel uh, being murdered. And as a result, the next time that the Lord interacts with man is about 1,050 years later. So that's a long time for Adam, Eve, and the human race to go without a word from God. When he speaks to Noah in Genesis chapter 6. Now, although it is uncertain whether the Lord actually appeared to Noah, we know that it was important enough to him to make reference to it in Matthew chapter 24, uh, where Jesus himself says in verses 37 through 39, but as the days of Noah were. So again, we find out that Jesus verifies that the days of Noah were. Okay, <laughs> alright, in case there was a question about did Noah really exist, was there a flood and everything else. Alright, Jesus himself verifies that and he says, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For in, uh, as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, okay, which means they were totally unconcerned. They lived as they always have and that's happening today. Alright, so this is going to be a repeat of what was happening back then, when Jesus comes the next time, okay? He says, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, and so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So it won't be any different. Today people are saying, oh, Jesus is not going to come. It's all fables, it's all this and that and everything else. But when it happens, there will be one big oops. And we'll be gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so there. Alright, so here in these verses we find that Jesus not only verified again the flood that actually occurred, but pointed this incident as one of the signs of his return. So in Genesis chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that's over a thousand year period, the do uh, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, right, now remember again we looked at this, that these are fallen angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives of themselves of all who they chose. Now again, we, I want to reread what, um, what we read last week, because Henry Morris brings this out. He says, Satan had not forgotten God's prophecy that a promised seed of the woman would one day destroy him. He had implanted his own spiritual seed in Cain and his descendants, and it's a key thing, and his descendants. Okay, which means Cain and all of his descendants now were carrying the seeds of Satan. Do you understand? Okay. But God had preserved the line of the true seed through Seth. Alright. When Noah was born and Lamech uh, was led uh, to pro excuse me, Noah was born and Lamech was led to prophesy that comfort concerning the curse would come again, excuse me, would come through him, Satan and his angels must have feared that their opportunities for victory in this cosmic conflict were in imminent danger. 
So desiring reinforcements for a coming battle against the hosts of heaven, see, Satan has dealt with this before. So he wants to shore up his forces, he wants to shore up his army, okay? And so desiring also, if possible, to completely corrupt mankind, because remember God said the seed of the woman will crush your head. So if the woman and her seed is all corrupted, then there's no seed. Amen? Alright? Alright. So if possible to completely corrupt mankind before the promised seed could accomplish Satan's defeat, they seem to have decided to utilize the marvelous power of procreation which God had given the human family and to corrupt it to their own ends. Once again, say, um, angels don't procreate. Okay, they, don't, they can't have kids with other angels. You can't have little baby angels as much as you see those little pictures, yes. You know, with the little fat babies, with the little wings, and the, you know, forget about it, man. That somebody was on drugs. Okay, <laughs> they painted that. Just saying. So, yeah, <laughs> um, they can't. All right. So the number of angels that were created—that's the number that remained. Right. Nothing has changed. Isn't it interesting? But God said, "Let's make two of these and let them multiply." I guess the angels are looking and thinking, first the angels thought, he's only made two. Well, that's interesting. There's so many of us and there's two of them. And yet, out popped another one. Say, what was that? I don't know. We don't do that. <laughs> oh, look, and that one had one, another one as well. And you can just imagine, it didn't take long. Okay. They didn't go to the clinic and say, now, you know, doc, we want to keep our family to a minimum. Hello. There was a production line going on. Let me just say that and move on. Okay, so people say, well, you know, it couldn't have been. Are you kidding? Give a, a couple of guys and a couple of gals a couple of years and you'll have a community. All this stuff about, oh, you know, there's no way it would take millions of years. In millions of years, this world will be falling off the, its axis. Be so many people. <laughs> just We wouldn't be able to handle the number of kids, you know. So, you know. It amazes me how dumb people can be. Moving on. So men were now rapidly multiplying on the earth, and by implanting their own seed in humanity, they might be able to enlist in only one generation a vast multitude of, as allies against God. So the sons of God saw the daughters of men and took them wives of all which they chose. All right, it was a strategic move. All right, This was not just about... Um, lust, it was actually a military move. Okay? Alright. In fact, it is these angels that Peter talks about in Second Peter chapter 2 when he says in verses 4 and 5, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people. So we know that that particular incident about angels relates to that particular time with Noah. Are you with me? Okay. Uh, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of a world, uh, of, on the world, excuse me, of, of the ungodly. Now, returning to Genesis chapter 6. Can I turn that off? I'm getting hot up here. Is that okay? Let's uh, not get cold. Returning to Genesis chapter 6. In light of all this, we can understand now what it means when it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man. Now, see, when, when I first read that, I thought God just got upset with mankind full stop. Alright, but notice what's happening here. Satan is utilizing 
mankind to build his army. Do you understand? And God's going, okay, you know what, this won't do. This is, and we need to understand something. God created man in his image after his likeness. And we still don't know the power that his image and his likeness has. We still don't realize what we have in us. We still don't understand the potential that lies on the inside of every single one of us. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we did, it would be over in a second. I'm not kidding. It would be over in a second. We'll just absolutely shut everything down that the enemy is doing. We'll take authority over the whole thing. And he will have absolutely no access into this world. Let me just stop for a minute. You know, can I preach you a minute? Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to say no to me. Anyway. <laughs> if we just understood what Jesus said, when he said, you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Alright, you cast out demons. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Very interesting, we set the ground rules. Alright, now this is, this is the authority that God gave us when he said, let them have dominion. Alright, and when he said, you subdue. This is all in Genesis. Alright, and we need to understand that God gave us not only the authority, but the power to do all of that. Jesus came to demonstrate what we were meant to be doing. That's the reason why he got upset with people. When, you know, when he's on the boat, a storm comes and you know, they're complaining and he's, he rebukes the storm, then rebukes them and says, what's wrong with you people? Do you not understand I'm here to show you what to do? Then he says to his, his disciples, you go out, you do, what I've, you've, you do what you've seen me do. This is before he died. Before they're born again. They're out and they're healing people and demons are fleeing and they come back all excited. Remember that? And we'll see all of that when we see the life of Jesus. That's why it's so important that we study his life. When they came back, he said, you know, as excited you are as about that, he said, be more excited that your name is written in heaven. In that Lamb's Book of Life. Alright? But we sometimes miss the thing before it. The devils obeyed them. They laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Imagine if mankind was to take that authority and start moving in the earth now with that, with that authority every day. If they see anything go wrong, they'll shut it down. I mean, the weather starts getting a bit wonky and we shut it down, we tell it exactly how to behave. So there's no tornadoes, earthquakes, all of, that, all of that becomes a thing of the past. People get sick, we lay hands on them, they get healed. Somebody drops dead before they should, we don't want to get God blamed for this. And oh, you know, God's ways are mysterious and all that junk. We go raise them up. But only as God leads. Those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? They are the children of God, alright? And so, if we were to do that, can you imagine what would happen? What are the things that the, the curse brought in? It was sickness, disease, all the deficiency, all the things that stop us from operating at our peak efficiency. Absolutely. And if we could pray, and if we could literally just readjust and change everything back to the way it should be,
this world will go back to being a paradise. Because the earth itself will start to react to that. Do you know the earth reacts to uh, evil just as much as it will react to the children of God and blessing? It's a funny thing, it does. Because it was designed to do that. Let me tell you something. A living being created everything. In everything there is life. We call things, you know, um, things that have a, a conscience, or excuse me, a consciousness, and things that don't, aren't conscious. We call, we call them animate and inanimate objects. Or we look at a rock and go, well, that's a dead thing. Actually, a living being created that thing. We have no idea what it can actually do. We don't know that if we talk to it, it will listen. Isn't that interesting? Because God spoke and it listened. Everything came into being through an intelligent being speaking things into being. And then he says, you do this now. You use this creative power, you use this act that caused everything to come into being, now to keep things in line. Do you understand? I'm sorry I'm preaching a little bit, but if we were to step into that and start moving in that, we'd clear out the hospitals, we'll clear out the mental institutions, we'll anybody that has a problem, we pray over them and they'll get healed, and if they're stupid, they'll be smart, and whatever. They're alcoholic, we pray, and it's gone. Suddenly they don't want to touch the stuff. Are you all with me? Okay? So if that, this, is, this is what we've missed. This is what Satan saw. Now are you catching it? And what he has been trying to do for ever so long is to tell the church, all that stuff is bunk, you know, that's just in your head, and that's just religious, that's just, uh, you know, just to keep you happy at night or whatever. Meanwhile, dot, 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 in his camp, there are people that are disappearing and appearing here and there and doing all sorts of crazy things. You know what? He's using them and using their power to his advantage. So he tells us, we can't do any of that stuff and that's all in the mind and that's all witchcraft and everything else. Interesting, isn't it? Alright? While he continues to, how can I put this, encourage all of this in his camp. This is what was going on. See, man wasn't made in the same class as angels. They were made in God's class. Ha ha ha. These are God beings. That's, uh, just to put it simply, that's what we are. We're basically God beings. That's what it means when he says we're made in the image and likeness of God. That, that's what you are. As opposed to angelic beings. Do you understand? And as powerful as they are, your daddy created them. And you are born of him. Your dad. God. That's why Jesus said, all this good stuff you're doing, Nicodemus, forget about all that. What you need to do is get reborn. He's saying, dude, the power is in the rebirth. Alright? All of you died at the fall. You all need to be reborn back into God. 
and then the connection goes back, then all the power starts to flow, then let's see what we can do. You hear me? Okay. Let's continue. I could preach more, but let me leave it there. I think you're getting the idea behind what is going on here now. Why Satan is after mankind. He's seeing the potential. He's understanding these are God beings. So if we can turn them and get them working for us, this is, this is like that gi the giant that you awaken, that if he turns around and steps on you, you're dead. But if, he can keep, if you can keep it just deceived enough, <laughs> okay, to think that what it's doing is right, then you got a big bulldog working for you. Hmm? And your enemies are just, forget about it. As the mafia says, forget about it. Okay, Alright, let's move on. Alright, so here's the Lord. He's looking at all this, with all this in mind. He says, my spirit shall not strife with man. Alright, especially those fallen, rebellious, and genetically corrupt man forever. For he is indeed flesh, and yet his day shall be 120 years. Now this is a reference to man's future shortened life expectancy following the flood. And the, result, the resulting changes in the earth and its atmosphere. God knew what was coming. He knew that when we lost that atmosphere, when we lost that covering, that things would just, we won't live as long. Yeah, it's a blessing, okay. Let me just say that. This was the Lord's solution to Satan's attempt to take over the human race and wage war against God through the very command the Lord had given them. Now remember the Lord gave them the command to be fruitful and multiply. So Satan is using that against God. Satan often does that. He'll take what God has said, twist it and use it for his own devices. Alright, for his own purposes. Excuse me. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, what was that? What was that? So what lawyers do. Yeah, so what lawyers do. Yeah, now we know where they come. No, anyway. Right. Very spawn of no. All right. And by limiting their age, this is very important. By limiting their age, he would immediately limit the number of offspring they could have and put a stop to Satan's plan. Interesting, isn't it? Because you live a thousand years, you can have a lot of kids. All right, and your kids live a thousand years, and their kids live a thousand years. Are you with me? Can you imagine all the branches that would come from that? Dear God, all right? So, it's very smart of God. I mean, I thought this was a, just a brilliant move. Yeah, he's God. You know, that's what makes him God, all right? He says, hey, can't make kids when you're dead. Okay, so let's make it short, and let's give him this long, and hey, Mac, do what you can, but once a certain point comes, <laughs> that's it. Goodbye, Charlie. All right, no more kids. So, continuing in verse 4. Now, it says, There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were who were of old, men of renown. Wow. Oh, I so wish that movie worked off that verse. We will. Okay. I know when it's going to happen, but it'll happen before I die. In Jesus' name. Anyway, this verse can be a little bit confusing in the way that it's translated, okay? So I want to look at it from the New Living Translation. It's a better translation. It says, in those days, even afterward, giants lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with human women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes mentioned in legends of old. 
Oh, before I, actually let me read this, then I'll talk to you about it. William McDonnell, he quotes Unger and he says, The Nephilim are considered by many as giant demigods, the unnatural offspring of the daughters of men, mortal women, in cohabitation with the sons of God, angels. This utterly unnatural union violated God's created orders of being, which was a shocking abnormality as to necessitate the worldwide judgment of the flood. Mouthful, let me just deconstruct this, unpack it a little bit. What was going on? This was a mix that wasn't meant to happen. Angels and men were not meant to mix. All right. So what was coming out were things that were on one hand, you know all the legends of Hercules and all that? This is where it comes from. Have you ever noticed he's, Hercules is actually called the demigod? All right, that, that's a, that is a title that is given to him. All right, because he because they say that you know there were gods that um, uh, uh, mated with women, and their children were you know like Hercules. You know you've seen the legend of Hercules. He, he was a mixture of those two. And we, as much as we think they're legends, here's the verse. It's in the Bible. This actually happened. Now you can begin to understand why as Noah was preaching about a flood, they were going, let it come. We can handle ourselves. We're born, we're not normal human beings. Alright, we have power like you don't know. You know, we can, we can grab a tree and swing it and beat a dinosaur in the head with it. I'm not kidding, man. They could do stuff that were unbelievable. Okay? And this was the result of this mixture of man and angel. Okay? And so there was a lot of that going on. And there were heroes in that time. And here's a little guy called Noah saying, There's somebody you can't see. He's the God that created everything. And you should worship him. And they're going, Yeah, right. Whatever. Okay, we got Hercules. He'll save us. Are you all with me? And all them other fellas. I don't want to go down the list because there's a whole bunch of them, you know. Alright. Now you can understand why they thought they were invincible. Why they thought that whatever God did, they could manage it. They could handle it. They could overcome it. Because they were going to rely on their strength and their prowess and all sorts of powers that they had. Which now then tells us that whatever the flood was, it wasn't rain. That's right. Okay, it wasn't something you go outside, you take it. Can, can you imagine Hercules with an umbrella? <laughs> like, this is pathetic. This is all your God can do, rain on us. <laughs> Are you all with me? That's not what happened. If you were to see what went on, it would be so shocking. It would overload your senses. Because literally, anybody seen Chicken Little? The sky is falling. This It was falling. The sky literally fell. The whole thing that was up there, can you imagine? It's like a dome cracking and the whole thing falling in on you. <laughs> right? This, this, you know, this was hydrogen that became a metal that was floating. We, we talked about this before, remember? Okay? That was floating on the top of this planet and it broke and it fell and a planet that was close by was destroyed. Can you imagine the people that saw that? I mean, this is what's going on. 
this is, this is beyond what we could imagine. So all the strength in the world couldn't come against that. So they all die. And that's when they realize we're dealing with the God and we're dealing with things that are much bigger than what we thought. And that's the last thought they would have had <laughs> as they went down. Maybe we should have got in the boat. <laughs> you know, okay? Interesting, isn't it? They're going to think about you when the next time when you get taken up and they're left behind. Anyway, maybe my crazy uncle was right, you know? <laughs> Should have listened to him. Okay, let's move on. Spending too much time on this, but I, I hope this, I wanted to preach a little bit on this. Like I said, I want to slow down now because we, we've got to places where we need to just look at stuff now. We need to understand what's going on, and then we also need to understand why historically there are all of these fables and stories, and you need to know where they came from. Everything is in the Bible. It's all there. We just need to see. Amen? We just open up our eyes and go, there it is, okay? Big deal. Somebody says, well, you know, do you believe in that stuff? Say, yeah, I do. It's in the Bible. My God created all that stuff. Interesting. You want to know about Him? Because they're the only people that survived. <laughs> okay? Let me tell you a story. Anyway, so, in fact, in this, uh, this is where the legends of Hercules, I've said this here, uh, Theseus, Perseus, Achilles, and so on came from. It was a fascinating time to be alive, even though mankind's wickedness was increasing day by day. And why verse 5 goes in to say, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now, you know, if God says the wickedness is great, it's great. God does not exaggerate. God is not a man that he should lie. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was seeing things that were bad. And he's seen it all. Okay? And he says, and that every, watch, watch this next sentence. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Did you hear that? It means everything that they thought, every thought that they had on the inside of them, was in a continual state of evil. It was nothing was good. Nothing going on on the inside was good. Everything was evil and it wasn't, it didn't go to bed at night. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was evil continually. It means the earth was falling under the... See, this is why we don't understand that we have an effect on this earth. And if man was that evil, then it was going to cause a catastrophe. What I believe and what I understand, a lot of people say, well, did God bring the flood? Can I just say this? God held back what was going to happen. It was like some person was going and just beating all the foundation out from, you know, a floor that was built on top of a foundation, and some dope was going and just beating all the, all the pylons down. You know what's going to happen? That's going to fall on you. Do you hear what I'm saying? And it was almost like God just put his hand and said, huh, not yet. Dumb, but not yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Alright, God was long-suffering. And had we had time to actually go and look at the whole story of Noah and that whole incident, we'll understand that... Uh, 
the, one of the characters in that time was named, when he dies, the flood shall come. That individual, I can't remember his name, is it Lamech or? No, um, Methuselah, thank you so much. Yeah, Methuselah. He, he was named, his name meant when he dies, the flood will come. He was the longest living person in the entire history of the human race. That's how long suffering God is. Yeah, just under a thousand years. Okay, that's how long suffering God was with all of this going on. Knowing that Satan every day was gaining more and more territory. He still gave mankind opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent and get on the boat. <laughs> okay? Alright. Henry M. Morris explains, God had made man in his own image to respond with a heart of love to God's love. But now every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Man had been told to multiply and fill the earth. That's Genesis 1.28. But now the earth was filled with violence. That's Genesis 6.11. A state of anarchy and terror must have reigned. As a result, it says in verse 6, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. That's a very sad statement. All right, The Full Life uh, Study Bible makes a very interesting comment about this verse. It says that God is revealed in these early chapters of the Bible as a God who deals with people personally and is capable of emotion, disappointment, and reaction against the willful sin and rebellion of mankind. Turning over. That's why it goes on to say in verses 7 and 8, So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created. Remember, all things were created by him and for him. For the for, from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But, I love this but, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Interesting, isn't it? In all of this sadness, there was one person that still trusted God. They didn't trust in their own strength. Still looked to and remembered the Creator. Because they had all forgotten where they came from. Today, mankind again is forgetting where he's come from. We think we come from apes and something stupid like that. Wow. So here we see Christ as supreme judge over all the earth. And passing judgment on both fallen man and fallen angel from 2 Peter 2.5 and explains why demons, which are fallen angels, were so afraid of him. And why Matthew chapter 8 verses 28 and 29 said, when he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gagarines, now we're going to look at this. This is going to be very funny when we see it. There met him two demon-possessed men coming out from the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? How did they know? Interesting, isn't it? They knew. The religious leaders saying, Oh, you're just a false prophet and you're in league with the devil. And the devil is saying, Hey, son of God. Hello. <laughs> okay. All right. And what's their statement? Have you come here to torment us? No, that's interesting. Didn't say come here to judge us. We, we miss things like this. You see... <laughs> Yeah, we know demons torment people. 
over here, the tables are turned. Over here, we're seeing Jesus tormenting them. See, I told you, we keep missing it. Okay, let's forget about the time for a minute. I want you to see this word. Have you come here to torment us? I, I thought Jesus would just cast them out and get it over and done with. What's this business about tormenting us? Okay, let's, again, wait with the time. Think about the torment. See, what is it, the, what is it that the woman comes and says, or the, the, the boy, the, the father of the boy says, you know, my son is being tormented. Right? And see, we're always thinking, we're at the, 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 the back end of the torment. We're always at the, you know, the receiving end of the torment. If there's a demon, we're going to get tormented. Catch this, please. Over here, they see Jesus as the one that torments them. Absolutely. Yeah. Who lives in you? Jesus. When you go into a place, don't think that you're about to have a fight with the devil, and maybe the devil will, maybe you might win, and you know, after lots of sweat and everything else, you fight. You, you can stand there and torment the thing for a while. Not that you should. I'm just saying. Understand you have the upper hand. God lives in you. They are His creations. The Creator lives in you. All things were created by Him, for Him, and He lives in you. Okay? Remember. Remember that. Follow this sequence. So you have the person in you that has the power, the ability, the authority to torment that thing. So you have a question to ask the devil. You want to be tormented or you want to just leave willingly? The easy way or the hard way? You pick. It's not like, oh please, no, please leave. And you know, forget about exorcist. That was made from hell. That was the dumbest thing. Seriously. Those people, man, what? That's witchcraft. I'm not kidding. With a couple of crosses and holy water and everything. At the end of the day. Because when God came up against something, they ran screaming. They didn't sit there, spin their head and spit on you. That's you getting tormented. Hello. I'm running out of time. I've run out of time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he says, you have you come here to torment us before the time. Alright, so there was an appointed time. And it wasn't going to be good for them. Amen? And um, that when the time came, guess who was going to do the tormenting? They recognized Jesus as the one that would be the one tormenting them. As they had been tormenting people. Okay. Time is coming. Time is coming. Alright? There is a time. Alright, I'm going to leave it there. I'll come back to the comment that William Hendrickson uh, makes because I want to talk about that. So let's take a break and we'll return in about 10 minutes.